Good morning. Today is Monday, the 25th of February. I am your friend, Jaka. The usual disclaimer is that I am in no way a extra qualified, prayerful type person. I'm just a regular person. I'm not a priest, pastor, or theologian. I just read the daily office, morning prayer right to from the Episcopal Book of Common Prayer with you and share my thoughts and you are kind enough to join your voice with mine and listen with me. Our readings for today are Psalm 80, or for this morning, Psalm 80, 1 Samuel 16, 1 through 13, 1 John 2, 18 through 25, 1 Oh, today is a feast day for St. Matthias, so our readings are a little bit different today. Um, Instead of having three readings this morning and then rereading the three readings plus the Psalms this afternoon, we will have a Psalm, an Old Testament, and the Gospel reading this morning, and then this afternoon we will have another, or this evening we will have another psalm, another Old Testament reading, and a New Testament reading. So this morning is Psalm 80, 1 Samuel 16, 1 through 13, 1 John 2, 18 through 25, and then this evening will be another set of readings. And I'll try to do a recording this evening too. I'm thinking of all of my friends at a nearby church that is St. Matthias. I'm wondering if they're having a special feast day, um, which brings me joy. So, without further ado, beginning on page 77. We give thanks to the Father, who has made us worthy to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, to set forth his praise, to hear his holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation, and so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship him, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by his infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen.
Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Alleluia, the Lord is glorious in his saints. Come, let us adore him. Alleluia. Be joyful in the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with a song. Know this, the Lord himself is God. He himself has made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and call upon his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And his faithfulness endures from age to age. Alleluia. The Lord is glorious in his saints. Come, let us adore him. Alleluia. Psalm 80. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock. You who are enthroned upon the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh. Stir up your might and come to save us. Restore us, O God, let your face shine that we may be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long will you be angry with your people's prayers? You have fed them with the bread of tears and given them tears to drink in full measure. You make us the scorn of our neighbors. Our enemies laugh among themselves. Restore us, O God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. You brought a vine out of Egypt you drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it. It took deep root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shade, the mighty cedars with its branches. It sent out its branches to the sea and its shoots to the river. Why then have you broken down its walls so that all who pass along the way pluck its fruit? The boar from the forest ravages it and all that move in the field feed on it. Turn again, Lord of hosts. Look down from heaven and see. Have regard for this vine, the stock that your right hand planted. They have burned it with fire. They have cut it down. May they perish at the rebuke of your countenance. But let your hand be upon the one at your right hand, the one whom you made strong for yourself. Then we will never turn back from you. Give us life and we will call on your name. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 1-13. through 13. 
The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul? I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and set out. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears of it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me the one whom I name in you, whom I name to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, Do you come peaceably? He said, Peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked on Eliab and, and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is now before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For as the Lord does not see as mortals see, for the Lord does not see as mortals see, they look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. He said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shema pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, but he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. He sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. The Lord said, Rise and anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. Samuel then set out and went to Ramah. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Canticle 16. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath that he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen.
1 John 2, 18 through 25. Children, it is the last hour. As you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many, many Antichrists have come. From this we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But by going out, they have made it plain that none of them belongs to us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and all of you have knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and you know that no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Everyone who confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he has promised us, eternal life. I write these things to you concerning those who would deceive you. As for you, the anointing that you receive from him abides in you, and so you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he is revealed we may have confidence and not be put to shame before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who does right has been born of him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Forgive me, folks, I went on a little bit extra there, but I'm sure you don't mind a few more verses. Canticle 21. You are God, we praise you. You are the Lord, we acclaim you. You are the eternal Father, all creation worships you. To you, all angels, all the powers of heaven, cherubim and seraphim, sing in endless praise. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. The glorious company of apostles praise you. The noble fellowship of prophets praise you. The white-robed army of martyrs praise you. Throughout the world, the holy church acclaims you. Father of majesty unbounded, your true and only Son, worthy of all worship, and the Holy Spirit, advocate and guide. You, Christ, are the King of glory, the eternal Son of the Father. When you became man to set us free, you did not shun the virgin's womb. You overcame the sting of death and opened the kingdom of, all, of heaven to all believers. You were seated at God's right hand in glory. We believe that you will come and be our judge. Come then, Lord, and help your people. Bought with the price of your own blood and bring us with your saints to glory everlasting. Let's say together now the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. 
he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We'll use suffrages set A on the bottom of page 97. As usual, that it's kind of odd, I'll read both the verse and the response. Um, normally, of course, I read the verse and you would read the response. But for those of you that don't follow along with me in the Book of Common Prayer, I think it, it helps if I just read both parts. So, show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. Lord, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Almighty God, who in the place of Judas chose your faithful servant Matthias to be numbered among the twelve, grant that your church, being delivered from false apostles, may always be guided and governed by faithful and true pastors. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, you have made of one blood all the peoples of the earth, and sent your blessed Son to preach peace to those who are far off and to those who are near. Grant that people everywhere may seek after you and find you. Bring the nations into your fold. Pour out your Spirit upon all flesh, and hasten the coming of your kingdom. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now is our time for personal prayer and reflection and the time that I usually share a few thoughts that I hope, even if you disagree, get you thinking <laughs> about the readings. Uh, so our New Testament reading, I think I called it our gospel just because I wasn't tracking First John and John when I introduced, but forgive me for that. Anyways, 
I was kind of like, why are we reading this? Until I got to reading the Collect for St. Matthias and um, was reminded that he was the replacement for Judas. So 12th or 13th apostle, however you look at that. I kind of look at it like lucky 13, maybe just because that brings me a kind of immature joy. But um, after, of course, uh, Judas was no longer an apostle, St. Matthias replaced him. Um, at least that's, that's my understanding of it. If I'm incorrect, please let me know. But so that kind of makes sense to me that um, we would read this reading about knowing truth and, and knowing what is false and following truth. And I would like to read you my commentary on this section. I'm kind of glad that I ran over because my commentary kind of groups it together. And if you haven't uh, been listening long, and I, I use an ecumenical study Bible. It's the fifth edition of the new Oxford Annotated Bible, the New Revised Standard Version. Um, it's the version that a friend of mine who teaches um, theology at Tulane uses, and I like it quite a bit. It's kind of like it's enough, but not too much. It is kind of bulky to carry around. I still like having tangible, physical books, too. I, I tried going digital with a lot of things for a while, and it just didn't quite work out for me. But the commentary here uh, is grouped from 218 to 229, entitled Victory Over False Teaching. Many antichrists have come refers to the secessionists of agents of the evil one trying to deceive God's people. The appearance of such false prophets signals the last hour in apocalyptic texts. And I would insert here that that last hour is is perhaps not, um, in my mind at least, a known time frame. I, I know a lot of folks have tried to figure out exactly the duration of the end times and map things out, and believe me, I empathize. It would be very nice to have a well-mapped out timeline of the end of times. I don't think that there is an argument that we are approaching the end, but God's time being what it is, and our time, and spiritual time, I'm, I'm not sure that we can really track it that way. Um, that last hour uh, could be centuries, right? The term Antichrist occurs in the New Testament only in First and Second John. It may be a variant of the false Messiah, Greek pseudo-Christos, in the synoptic apocalypse. The figure of an opponent of God who arises in the last days combines images of the mythical chaos monster defeated by God, and we have some references to Isaiah, the Psalms, and Job. The figure of Satan is an angelic adversary, a human ruler who embodies evil and false prophets. So it could be any or it could be all of those things. The Holy Spirit, or the Holy One in verse 20, present within the community, anointing that you received, enables believers to distinguish true faith from lies about Jesus. At his coming refers to Christ's coming in judgment. Those who remain true to the Johannine teaching have nothing to fear. Now, I'm not sure exactly who the secessionists were. I would assume that they were those who were breaking off from the original church. Um, and I I find reassurance in this reading when I read it in context and listen to the commentary about it, 
because as you might know if you've listened to me for long or if you know me personally, one of my great quests in life is the quest of discernment, to be able to know the voice of God from the voice of anyone else, uh, be it mortal, be it enemy. And so the way I read this section here is, those of you who have taken the first step, the anointing, to come to know me, me being God, um, have been granted a supernatural knowledge to discern what is truth from what is lies. And that is greatly reassuring to me. And that's not to say that I believe that um, once I took the first step towards knowing Christ, I was never fooled. <laughs> Again, if you've been listening long, you know that that's not the case. Um, I have been fooled. We have all been fooled. We will be fooled. But we have been given what we need to know truth. And that is reassuring to know that it is a possibility to know that it is not hopeless. I am not floundering in the dark. I am not served up as prey to the enemy. I am very thankful for that. Um, there's another book that I've been reading um, that I've talked about a little bit before. The Powers That Be by Walter Wink, um, and I might be getting the title a little bit wrong. And the passage that I was just reading last night spoke about there being a different interpretation of some passages in the Bible that we've interpreted mostly in our culture as being um, submissive and really are a different form of nonviolent resistance. Um, and I won't go like too far into it here, but the way it relates to our reading is that it speaks to an active resistance to evil. And to the action of evil itself. And I'm gonna make a jump in my own mind and say, as opposed to the, the human beings that are sometimes instruments of evil, um, said another way, uh, I don't agree with everything Beth Moore says, but she says some really, in, in my mind, true things. And one of them is that um, we should fight for people, not with people. So wrapping that all together, I think we should have hope that we can know evil and lies when we see them. Know that we have what we need to stand strong, to take a stand, the way Wink says it, against evil and be focused on evil itself in all its forms, not on the human beings who sometimes wittingly or unwittingly are instruments of evil. That's not to say that we're not responsible for our own actions, but that is to say that there is a source and active resistance of the source is what is going to get us somewhere. I think we as human beings have a responsibility to work on our woundedness because woundedness is the opening where either good or evil gets in. And that choice is up to us. You know, we can let it 
pardon us, let it make us instruments of evil. I don't think that's quite too strong to say. Or we can let it dangerously and radically create compassion within us. I've probably gotten a little too woo-woo for some of you there, so I'll leave it at that point. Um, but those are my thoughts on our second reading this morning. Our first reading talks of David's anointing and how he was unexpected, and I'm not sure, I don't know the history, if there's a tie there to Matthias, that his anointing was somewhat unexpected, and he was not perhaps considered the most deserved, but what I take from this is that God, God sees what we cannot see in ourselves and in others, and he chooses knowing what we're capable of. And in David's case, even knowing the mistakes, the terrible mistakes that David would make and the sins that he would commit, he still chose him. He still knew he was the right one. He still was able to use him. And that is meaningful to me. Um, I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable and share that one of the ways in which the enemy loves to attack me is by telling me that I am worthless, that any dream I had um, of leadership is futile because of the mistakes that I have made and the sins that I have committed. They, they render me useless for any lofty goal. And there's two pieces to that. One of them is that I need to give up earthly dreams, right? Those are connected to finding my, my worth in positions of power here on the planet, human power, um, and that does need to die. But anything that God has intended for me, nothing I have done ruins me. God can redeem or restore anything, no matter what I've done. The only action I take in this time is repentance and submission to God. Not the enemy, not humans, not any of that. Although I think there's something to be said for making amends to our fellow humans when we're part of their wounding, right? But that's another story. So God was able to use David, God can use me. And I'm not saying that I want to be a king. I just want to make a difference. I think at the heart of it, that's the source of most of our goals, most of our dreams. They get distorted. And maybe I'm wrong, but I think that that's the case, that the very source of all our dreams is just wanting to make a difference in the world. So all of that being said, let's let's pray communally. Dear God, you see things that we cannot see and you know things that we cannot know. May you redeem us for the purpose for which you created us. Restore all that you had planned for us, all that you have planned for us. And give us discernment to know your true teachings 
from any distractions or evil that get in the way. May we be healed enough to see you and your truth. Use what you have given us, the weapons of your truth, to stand fast against the schemes of the enemy and may we always have compassion on each other and be instruments of each other's healing. In the holy name of your son, Jesus Christ, I pray thankfulness for Matthias and all true leaders. May we follow in the footsteps of these saints. Amen. The general thanksgiving on page 101. Let's say it together in thanks. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Glory to God whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to him from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. We live without fear for our creator has made us holy, has always protected us and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go now in peace to follow the good road May God's blessing be with us always. Amen.